welcome to the Othello Foursquare podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit othellofoursquare.org. Why are we changing? Because we, have, as, as believers, we're called to continue to become more and more and look like more and more like the one whose image we bear, which is that that's him. So that's why it's like, well, I don't need to change. Things are good. Well, no, no, no. We've been called to become more and more like him. And so that's the reason, that's the heart for this series. John 8, uh, 31 through 32 says it like this. It says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we have to know the truth before we do anything. The truth will set us free. Last week, we talked about taking out the garbage. And what that means is what the world tells us about change, let's forget about that. Let's begin to dive into the word so that we can not only change but transform. Because God wants to, like I said this earlier, but God wants us to leave this place to be transformed. where We can now go out into the city. We can go out to our workplace and we can be Jesus as a teacher. We can be Jesus as a coach. That your life would, would look like Jesus. And so that's why we, we're, uh, we're preaching this. And that's why we're, we're talking about this. And I just want to be, I just want to be upfront. like, it's not, this word was for me before anything. And so I feel like the Lord wants, he wants this for his church. He's, he, we've been praying about, Lord, what do you want to tell your church in this season? And I believe he's saying, it's time for change. Philippians 3.13 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, and looking forward to what lies ahead. Okay? So we're going to forget the past. That's, this is week, week one in a nutshell, what we talked about last week. Forgetting the past, we're looking to what's ahead. And knowing that change, even our Heavenly Father, He wants us to change because He wants to become more, more like Him. And one more thing. Forrest Gump. If you weren't here last week, you don't know what I'm talking about, but we learned God's first name. Anybody know? Andy. Andy loves me, and he holds me, and he cares for me, and he walks with me. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. The cost of change. The cost of change. It's time to make a change. It's time to make a change. It's going to cost you something, though. We talked about giving our lives, and I just want to talk about this real quick, because if you don't know us, if it's your first time, me and my wife, Kenzie, we pastor here. My name's David. And about seven and a half months ago, things changed drastically for me. Within a week, I was working, preparing for the, for the season, baseball season, I get a call. It says, hey, you've just been released. 
The call lasted about 30 seconds. It was like, what? Didn't have any time to ask questions. It was like, okay. Then I began praying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Within the next day, I, I went to school to be an athletic director, so I go and apply for this job because it so happens to be an opening in a district nearby, and I thought, this is perfect. That's, that's, what, that's what was supposed to happen. I go apply. I get ready for the interview. I take about a week preparing for it. I go and kill the interview. I get out. I call my wife. I said, hey, I, I got the job. Like, it's, it's in the bag. We're doing it, right? I'm, I'm ready to go. Then within that same week, there was about a 10-day period, we get a call about um, wanting to meet about the church. Before we go meet, I told my wife, I said, I don't know what they're going to ask us, but the Lord just put on my heart, it, we just have to say yes. So we go and meet, and they asked, they, the question was, well, hey, we don't need a no answer right now, but this is what we're thinking. We would want you guys to take over and pastor the church, Foursquare Church here in Othello in town. And so I was like, I already knew the answer. I didn't say it then. We went home and prayed about it, and we said yes. But when you talk about change, it's going, like for me, and we're talking about change and that it's going to cost you something. In my human mind, I was thinking, I just went to school for all these years. I'm, I was a professional ball player. What do you do? Lord, you're testing me, right? I can go make all this money. I can go set up my family. I can go get, get all these things, right? Prepare myself. And he was like, but this is what I've called you to do. And trust me, the cost at the time, right, I was just being obedient and saying yes. But it, in my, I thought it was going to cost me something. But it couldn't. I'm going to tell you right now. I would say yes a hundred times. Like what the Lord is doing and what he's revealing to me about what it means to say yes to him and that he wants to bless. When we say yes to him, he's going to bless us. And it's more than any material thing could give us. So it's going to cost you something. John the Baptist, I want to take a look at his life. Mark 1, 4 through 6. It says... This is John. They're talking about John. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now take a look at this. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and locusts and wild honey. So as I was reading this, actually a couple of weeks back, then I began to ask myself, what? I've always read this, and automatically I'm thinking, John was just, he was, he was a crazy man, right? He was, just, he was just crazy. But he seriously was. He was crazy for Jesus. Because at the time, so you have to understand something. To wear camel, anything camel, was against, was going against the religion. So it was taboo. So he was, he was saying, hey, I'm going to put this on so that everyone can see that it's not about the outside. It's about the heart. Because there's one who's coming who's coming to change 
everything and how we see things. So what I'm telling you today is when, it, when I'm saying it, you're good, like change, it's time to change. And I don't know what the Lord's telling you, but guess what? God wants to break off. He wants to get us out of the normal, the conventional, and for, in order for us to declare his truth and what he's come to do. So John's, his mission was to introduce a new way of living according to the revelation of Jesus Christ. He, he had a revelation of who Jesus was and what he came to do when most people still didn't understand. Why is this man dressed like this? He's crazy. Why does he do this? But it was about the heart. So sometimes we may have to break loose of traditions and, and be seen. Often we're going to be appeared as, as undignified, as John was. But he was preparing the way. He was preparing the way. A revelation about Jesus leads us to a desire to share Jesus. When you know him, you want to confess his name. But if you don't really, really know him, you want to be normal. You know what I mean? But you ever see the weird people? They got to know Jesus. John was also, he, he was a, he, if you look at his life, he was a son of, of a priest, which meant, meant he was qualified to work in the temple. So that could, have been, that, that could have been his thing, right? He could have said, I'll just, I'll still do my father's work, and I'll work in the temple. But he said, I'm going to choose the wilderness. I'm going to choose to go into the wilderness because God has something bigger than just that. So I'm here to say there is, we've been, we've talked about this in the past, but there is something about the wilderness. And my question to you today is, will we let the Holy Spirit lead us into the wilderness? Will we obey the Spirit of God when he wants to take, lead us into the desert? Because change is not easy. And if any of you know, when you get into the desert, that's when you start appreciating the water, right? And sometimes we get to that point, and, and the Bible, and we see this, that the wilderness wasn't a place to build. It's not a place to build our home, but it's a place to build our faith. Jesus goes to the wilderness for 40 days to build his faith. John spent time in the wilderness because he was, when he came back, he came back to share the word of God. And so we, this is where we build our strength. And if we want change, we have to be willing to have these wilderness experiences with our maker. Okay, in the wilderness, you may be thinking, I got to, I got to, what do I got to do? I got to drive to Seattle or go up in the trees and, and go hike. <laughs> no. For me, honestly, when I, um, especially in college, I would purposely, I would park far away from, from, like our campus was big, and I would just park really far away because I knew every single morning it would take about 10, 12 minutes just to walk to my first class. But it was my time just to walk with Jesus. 
So your wilderness is where you get alone, where you can just experience God's presence, and he can then download things into your heart and your mind, where then when you come back, you're ready to prepare the way, like John the Baptist. So we have, and, and, and that's, that's the truth. So we have to stay in that, comp- that state of surrendering, okay, I need, wh- what's your wilderness? What's your wilderness? Mark 1, 9 through 13. It says, At the time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with wild animals, and angels attended him. Now, he, here's what I want to tell you. We talk, we're saying change is not going to be easy. When you look at what does a father tell him, he says, you are my son whom I love, and I am well pleased. That is, that is our identity when we go into anything. We are sons, we are daughters, whom I love, and I am well pleased. And it's interesting because G- the father is telling the son he is well pleased with him, and has he done one thing? He has done not one thing. He hadn't began his ministry, and the father is already telling him, hey, you're worth it. Hey, you know what? You're special. Hey, you know what? You got it. You can do it. He's loved. We are loved by him, and, and, and he is pleased with us. But what I want us to see is that it goes from this, this epic moment, right? It's crazy. Think about it. It goes from this epic moment, the spirit descending on him like a dove, to he's drawn into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. The beauty of divinity, right? Followed that by the, the brutality of humanity, humanity of Jesus as a human being tempted. In this one moment, so the Spirit leads him into the desert, Jesus, to be tempted by Satan. And, and I can relate to this because how many of you know that in this faith journey, there's been moments where you feel actually this wilderness, but you feel like you're in the wilderness being attacked. The word says there was wild animals, right? Jesus, Jesus was in the wilderness. The enemy, Satan himself, was tempting him. And, but God God's not the one who sent him in. He, he wasn't the one who tempted him, but he allowed him to go into the wilderness. And I know sometimes we can be in that place, but we have to understand that God is with us, and when we come out, the 40 days he was there, when he came out, his ministry began, and he was strengthened and empowered. So if you're in that place where you feel like 
hey, I feel like it's tough. Like, you, my, my family situation is, it's bad. Like, it's been a rough year. Stay, stay the course, stay steadfast, and know that you're building your strength because God, God is, he is preparing a way and he, the change is coming. And if we stay the course, he will be faithful in supplying everything we need. So, public declaration will always face private temptation. Do you ever, do you ever notice when someone, when someone like, especially after you get like baptized or, or you have everyone, people giving their lives to God, immediately after, if you go, if you can go check in on them that week, what are they going to say? Man, it's been tough. I thought following Jesus was going to be easy. Public decoration will always follow private temptation. What, it, what are we seeing here? It goes from this moment of divinity to moment of being tempted. But let me tell you why. You may ask, well, why is this? That's like kind of the opposite, right? Shouldn't Jesus be on my side? Well, he is. But guess what? You're no longer a spectator. You're a participant. You can't get hit if you're in the stands or on the sideline, huh, Jay? <laughs> I'm serious. So when we say yes to Jesus, we're, we're, now, we're now in the game. We're now in the game. And that's, but when we know the truth, because the enemy doesn't have any power over us. But when we, walk, when we walk around with no pads, right? Go out on the football game with no pads and no helmet. You're going to get hurt. But we put on the full armor of God. So that's what we're called to do. So even though when we, because I'm, this is kind of a warning. This is from, I'm, no, it's not, I'm not scared. We're going to stomp on the enemy's head, right? But I'm saying when, when you declare and when you decide, okay, I am going to change. I'm going to get off the sideline. When you go into it knowing, okay, well, now there's a target on my back. Well, when you know that, you're equipped. You say, well, you get up every morning, you say, I'm going to put on this armor. Because guess what? They may, he may try to attack me, but guess what? He has no power or dominion over me. So we take that on. That's our identity. We, we will never change if we can't afford to stop feeding our flesh. I want to be fit, but you also want pizza, right? I want a promotion, but you want to keep sleeping in. I want responsibility, but I don't want any accountability. These are, these are, <laughs> I'm saying this is, hey, this is, this is for me too. Because guess what? Change. change. We're talking about change. The Lord wants to shake us up. But he also wants to say, we have to start feeding the flesh. Wanting to change is not enough. Being willing to resist temptation on the journey of becoming is the only thing that we can, only way that that's going to take us into becoming what God wants. So we, we have to resist temptation on the way. Last week, 
oh boy, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. The Lord really spoke to me this week. And uh, we're just going to keep preaching, but don't worry if you have to go because there's no football. I'm gonna, I just want to pause because I'm, I'm thinking about what the Lord is, who he wants to say. And uh, <laughs> whoa. Just, just hang in there with us. Usually we end by 11.15 if you're concerned about service, but we're going to let the Lord keep, continue to, to press in and speak to us. Because does anyone want to be encouraged this morning? Does anyone want to leave different? Because uh, I'm, I'm tired of, of not being bold. I'm tired of not being, being the church who goes and does. Like, I, I, I'm ready to go. So last week we, we looked at how the environment is not the determining cause of, of, of character, meaning you look at Adam and Eve, they were in this plush garden, right? It was a place, it was very good. They had one rule, don't eat from the tree of good and evil. And we all know the story. Despite being in this beautiful place, they were unable to resist temptation. And, but remember what, so now, now let's look, remember what happens. Now we look at Jesus, who is considered the second Adam, okay? He's referred to as the second Adam. And he's being tempted in the wilderness. But unlike Adam, who is in a garden, who has very good, with the best fruit of the land, and is, uh, is naked and free, just relax. This is Jesus in the wilderness with wild animals, with no food, hot and hungry, and no wife, right? And now this is, this is our Jesus, right? Both being tempted by Satan himself. But what, what does our Savior do? Aren't you glad for the second Adam, right? Who, not like the first Adam, who failed at what? Where he failed, where we fail, he succeeded, where he was weak, where we were weak, he is strong. Hey, this is just a beautiful picture of what God did to redeem us. And if, if it wasn't enough, like this morning, just being, t- today being communion, right, we remember. Let's, let's remember what our Savior did, who resisted temptation, right, and ran towards doing the Lord's will. And so, I want to say this. The Bible says, flee from temptation. Flee. Another translation says, run from temptations. Okay, we don't want to see how close we can get to the line. Right? We want to run the opposite way. We don't want to see, because a lot of times we feel, I I think as believers, sometimes we may look for loopholes, and there's some people who look for loopholes. Well, where can I go? What can I do? Well, okay, well, is the Bible really saying this? Right? But God says to flee, to run. And what are we running to? We're running towards him. And so, and by the way, this was Satan himself tempting Adam and Jesus. Sometimes we give our, to ourselves too much credit, right? Oh, the enemy's just attacking me and he's, he's on me. No, no, no. The enemy's, the devil's not omnipresent. He's not like God. Well, maybe, maybe they're spiritual and dynamic, dynamic forces, but this was Satan himself, right? But 
And let me tell you, we don't see it in Mark, the, the temptations or like the story, but we see it in Luke's gospel, what the enemy was trying to tell him. And one way that, that Jesus combated what the enemy was telling him was with the word of God. The enemy, did, the enemy knows the word of God, and he quoted the word of God, but he did not understand the context. So the Lord gave him back context to what was being said. And guess what? You can't, if you don't know the word, you can't say the word. So it's important for us as believers to get in the word. So when the enemy tries to come in and lie to us, right, because that's what, all, what he's going to do, when we leave here and we say, I want change, I want to do this, immediately he starts to try to come and confuse and tell us something that's not the truth. So, man, I love this church body so much. I'm going to tell you, if you're, if you're, in, if you're here right now, I want to say, like, we want to part, we want to partner with you. If you want to see change, if you, if you want to see, maybe if there's change for your life, then I just pray that the Lord convict you and he begin to allow you to step into that. But I believe there's, as, as a church body, the harvest is coming and the Lord is saying, get ready. Change is coming. Are you going to be ready? And you can't, we can't do it alone. It takes an army. And so we put on the full armor of God, and we equip ourselves, and we say no to temptation, and we run to Jesus because he wants to strengthen us. The Lord, he, we never stop. Remember, change is inedible. It's going to happen. Growth, growth is optional. It takes a conscious decision. Do I want to grow today? So what's the cost of change? It's the price of today. The cost of change is the price of today. And what we feel like today means. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to, to say no to that job, more, no to that opportunity, no to whatever it is in your life that you feel like the world tells us what, the world will tell us what we think we need, but only Jesus can give us something that's sustainable, something that, something that is powerful, like if you believe in Jesus and what he did, then all we have left to do is say yes and make him everything we do. And that's, that's the gospel. It's as simple as that. I give you my life. This is my work, but guess what? This is Jesus in that work field. And so the cost of change is the price of today. The time is now. We can't, we can't keep glorifying yesterday. Ah, things used to be good back in the day. Man, you don't understand. That was good. Like, no, no, no. 
or, t- or tomorrow, right? Some of us, especially when we want something, man, in a couple years, it's going to be good. This, this will be like this. No, I'm going to have this. I'm going to be set up. I won't have this thing hanging over me because it's just going to magically fall off. No, no, the, the cost of change is the price of today. Today, we have to make a decision to follow Christ, to run towards him, to see change happen in our lives and in our city. Two more verses. If you, if, if you want, you can stand and, and stretch out. I'm going to close with this. Seriously, yeah, come on. You guys can stand. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm, I'm, I'm just like, sometimes you guys are probably like, what is this guy saying? He's confusing. Mark 1, 14 through 15 says, this is in the message translation. It's so good. Today is the day of salvation. After John was arrested, John the Baptist, we're talking about, Jesus went to Galilee, preaching the message of God. Time's up. God's kingdom is here. Change your life and believe the message. Then he goes, later on in the verses, in, in verse 16 through 18, says, Passing along the beach of Lake Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew net fishing. Fishing was the regular work. Jesus said to them, Come with me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions. They dropped their nets and followed. Another translation says, at once, immediately. The cost of change is the price of today. Because guess what? As soon as we walk out these doors, the enemy is going to try to distract us. But immediately they left their jobs. They left their work. These men were fishermen, but they weren't just any fishermen. This, this was their family business. And they decided to say no to it to follow Jesus, and they didn't even, they didn't know what that was going to consist of, but they did it in faith, and God's saying, are we willing, are we willing to change, even if you don't know what it looks like, are you willing to give me your heart, are you willing to give me your yes, and it's worth it every time, so I just want to pray for us as we, as we close, And I just want to continue to encourage all of us that it's worth it. The cost of change is worth it. And I don't know what, I don't know your situation. I don't. But whatever it is, God, the Holy Spirit is is beginning to speak and saying, hey, you know what? Just give this to me. Give this to me. Let me have it and come and follow me. Drop your nets. Just drop them. Come follow me. I, believe, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, it's worth it. It's, it's going to be worth it. Just trust me. Trust me with your resources. Trust me with your life. And so I'm just going to pray for us. And when we get done praying, if you, if you want to just pray with any of us, we're going to have a team up here to pray with you. If you need healing, maybe God's just saying, hey, come and follow me. Come and believe my word because I have healing for you today. Restoration is in the room. Redemption for families is in the room. God, God wants to 
change not only how we think about him, but change the way we walk and the way we do. So, Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this, this body of believers that have come together to lift your name up high. And I thank you because you are doing a work this morning. You are beginning a change in our hearts and minds that is going to transform the course of our life from here on out because of this moment that we've decided to say yes to you and follow you. So we take you at your word. We believe that you are for us, that you, your plans are for us to prosper, and we trust you with our life. Jesus, go with us this week. Give us moments where we can just experience your revelation love in a new way. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to partner with OFC, you can give on our website, othellofoursquare.org. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time.